0: Yo, yo, yo. What up, friends? My name's Joe Idoni. Welcome into the Preferred Lines podcast, where we'll be talking about the Valspar Championship. A little bit of a short week here. I'm going to turn it around. Awkward start time. Grab a beverage. Happy hour. Time for a beer. Let's talk golf. This is a golf gambling podcast streamed live on YouTube iTunes, Spotify, you could download the audio version, uh, taking a deep dive into this week's PGA Tour Tournament. Do me a favor, smash that like button. I hope that sounded good. I got a new mic this week, uh, trying this thing out, seeing if the sound is a little better. It was a little echoey before, um, so we'll see if we can kind of get that thing ironed out. Let me know if this sounds any better. Um, follow or share the show. Twitter preferred lines. If you're here now and looking at this thing on Twitter, hop over to the YouTube page, preferred lines, subscribe there, drop a question in the chat. I'm going to be picking out, uh, I'm going to answer all the questions, but I'm going to pick out a few, send you a nice little preferred lines, t-shirt, check that out. Gray tea, black and green golf gambling pod, lockers and long shots. That's the name of the game. Here's what's on tap for tonight. Course preview. I'll dive into a brief course breakdown, give you some key stats for the week. Then for the second time, I'm going to debut the best bet for the week. Got a special little graphic lined up there. Uh, I'm going to go through every level of the odds board. So start at the top, middle, long shots. I'm going to give you some yeses, some no's, some guys I bet, some guys I won't bet, and probably a lot of maybes at this point in the week. Um Then I'm going to answer some questions from the chat, do a little final thoughts segment that I got some uh, really positive, nice feedback on last week. So uh, I'm looking forward to that this week again. I got some good stuff for you. Okay, now here's what we got. Since I'm now rocking this thing solo, I want it to be as interactive as possible. Like I mentioned, drop your questions in the chats. I see you guys there. I appreciate you uh, stopping by thus far. Looking forward to answering those later in the show. Now, course preview and key stats. Let me bring up the little banner here. Um, Here's what we got for this week. Copperhead course, Innisbrook resort par 71, 7,300 yards, Tiff Eagle, Bermuda grass greens. I know they got some other mix in there. Larry Packard design, uh, historic cut line plus two last four winners. So you have Sam Burns who won it last year at 17 under par Paul Casey times two, um, Charles Schwartzel. And then Adam Hadwin actually won the, the year before that. So, um, some course notes. Now, This is going back from my course notes section. I did want to mention that um, this part is brought to you by the fantasy points media group, who I'm proud to sort of be a member of now just pulled up their logo in the top of the screen. Um, Great new sponsor. They are super supportive of the show and everything that I'm doing for golf. They have a tremendous website in terms of, Um, reviewing stuff for for NFL subscriptions, optimizers, lineup generators, all the tools. They have literally some of the best people and sharpest minds in the industry working for them. So um, give them a shout. Fantasy points. um, Let them know that I brought you there. That will always be helpful for me. But I'm appreciative of of them uh, being a new sponsor of the show. Some course notes. Let me just, give me just a second here. Bear with me. Grab a drink. I'm going to, I'm, I'm sort of tweeting out the link to the show. Multitasking. Producer role, new for me. Host role, new for me as well. So um, thanks for your patience as I work through some kinks. Course notes. Um, what do I got here? Five difficult par threes, which is unusual on this course, ranging from 195 yards to 235 yards. Big boy par threes. Bring your long irons this week. Four irons, three irons, hybrids maybe even if you got a little wind in your face. Um, Going to need them. Full complement of par fives where a lot of the scoring typically comes from, thus giving you a par 71. Positional, tactical, you could say, golf course. Um, a lot of less than driver holes. A lot of um, you know finding some of these narrower fairways that average 24 yards in width, which is pretty substantially skinnier than we saw at honda than we saw at api than we saw at sawgrass even though we're still in florida this golf course typically plays a little different um, not nearly as penal in terms of penalty shots or as much water as you see in the other courses but still equally uh very tough like i mentioned smallish fairways closing holes you're going to hear about it all week snake pit difficult all typically play over par um gonna need to play those well That's going to finish your round. Tough. Key stats. Look, last week I leaned a lot on T to green. Much heavier this week on ball striking and approach play. I don't know that now that I look back on it, I'll probably adjust my model next year for Sawgrass. Um, That obviously... Cam Smith won that thing with the putter. Won that thing with short game. I think that's what we saw a lot through Florida. So maybe an adjustment coming in there. Uh, 175 to 225 yard shots. Pretty much in that proximity bucket. I'm going to be paying a lot of attention to putting short game. You want the winner. Going to need the guy that puts the best. We saw it last week. You can you can make up a lot of ground, especially here. Like Sam Burns gained a ton last year. You look back at winners and uh, and success ratios in terms of guys finishing in the top ten. A lot of them do it with the putters. Those par fives are all within 550 to 600 yards. On Fantasy National, you can actually sort uh, by that particular data range, so um, that's very helpful for you. Par three scoring five of them this week, throw that in the model. Now, this is going to be kind of like a mixed bowl here. Like on on one half, I'm adding in driving accuracy, but on the other half, I'm adding in scrambling. So if you aren't super accurate off the tee, I want you to be a good scrambler. If you're not a great scrambler, you need to be really accurate off the tee. Um, I think having a blend of those two things is going to be helpful because We've seen some guys who spray it off the tee here, but are still really good at, at getting the ball up and down. Patrick Reed comes to mind as being in contention a few years here. Um, Russell Knox, Paul Casey, obviously with those wins. Um, need to have one of those two. Very strong. And course history is back. Didn't factor it in much at all in Florida because of all the water. It can get volatile. You can just miss cuts or you can play really well. Um, I'm going to sprinkle it in a little bit this week. Okay. Best bet segment, Um, this actually from our friends, Fantasy Golf Pod. Golf guys, later tonight, Chad, Josh, Eric, maybe a guest, they've been killing it Tuesday nights. Check them out. They talk fantasy golf. They just talk everything golf. Um, One of the co-founders of this show with me, obviously, uh, just puts out a ton of content, Fantasy Golf Pod. Follow them on Twitter, on YouTube. Um, Great guys. Okay. Okay. The bet. You've been waiting for it. Best bet of the week. Kind of a weird one for me. Here we go. Sugar Shane Lowry. He has played really well so far in Florida. Um, Some stats there on Shane. A couple of things. Guys have just seemed to carry form thus far here in Florida. That wasn't necessarily the case so much um in the past but we've seen a lot of these guys i'm keegan um guys that come to mind who have who have kind of won the honda sep straka played really well again last week guys who played well at the api hovlin uh we we just see their names sort of consistently popping lowry was another one couldn't won that honda uh, was very much so in contention last week at sawgrass for a period of time uh i'm gonna roll them out again this week 29 to 1 are the odds that i got on shane lowry believe that's pretty much available most everywhere. Uh, Maybe with the Casey withdrawal, you may have seen that drop a little bit. But here's what I like. Um, Before I get to the stats exactly, we've got a lot of rain over the last week. More coming. More today. More tomorrow. I looked at the uh, forecast over there in Palm Harbor. I don't think we're going to get necessarily any delays this week. But uh, practice rounds. It's wet. I think that plays right into his hands. We know where he won the open championship. He typically plays well on, on a more wet golf course. I feel like he's, he's really good at controlling his spin on softer greens. I think that's all advantageous this week to Shane Lowry. Um, some other things he, he's played well at some comp courses. You see, they're not great course history here. Only once in 2018, as he played this event, but I like the Honda. I like the RBC heritage. Um, I like TPC Southwind. These are all places where Shane Lowry's had some success. Let me go over some of the stats as well. Fourth, it says forced, uh, but he's actually fourth in strokes game ball striking over the last 24 rounds. Very strong for him. Normally not like his strongest suit, but uh, being in the top five in this field is big. Uh, strokes gained approach last 36 rounds. Seventh, the irons are just locked in right now. And then that key proximity range that I mentioned earlier, 175 to 200 yards, a lot of shots here. This is actually a pretty long golf course. If you consider that it is par 71 six in the field now strokes gained ball striking in Florida? This is basically the two events that he's played, which would be sawgrass and PGA national at the Honda plus 16.2 strokes gained ball striking. That's big recent form. A lot of these are pulling in stuff from, from the European Tour Stars where he was very strong there in November and December. 13th, 2nd, 24th, 12th, 9th, couple of miscuts, and then a 4th. Um, strong enough for me. I like him this week. I think that he can carry it a little bit. 29 to 1, Shane Lowry, best bet of the week. All right. Let's move on to the full betting board here. Here's what I got. Add to stream. I'm going to bring up the odds checker grid. Now let me go back because I'm kind of in the middle to the top of the board. So here's what I'm going to do. Go through every section. Tell you some guys that I like, uh, some guys that I don't like. At the top, let me just read through them. Justin Thomas, best odds available on the odds checker grid are 11 to 1. Same odds for Victor Hovland, 11 to 1. Colin Morikawa, 12 to 1. Uh, did he catch a bad draw? Yes, but the form's been a little shaky. DJ. Course record at TPC Sawgrass coming in hot. I think there were some 18s out there this morning. 16 to 1 now. Xander Shoffley, 22 to 1. Feels like pretty decent in this field. Um, Louie, 24 to 1. Matthew Fitzpatrick, 25 to 1. I'll tell you right now, I didn't bet any of these guys. I'm going to pull a couple of them, though. Um, JT and Vic, I think, are deservingly... The favorites. Uh, I mentioned this in the little video 175 to 200. JT is first in the field. Um, Victor Hovlin is fourth. You go to 200 plus, they're both also in the top four there. Victor is second. JT is fourth. Both playing great. Um, JT, you can't always trust the putter so much with him. When I looked at strokes gain total, um, you know, 12th and 11th, they're both right up there in everything. I would say if there's one. Part of Victor's game where he's not great, he's par five scoring. 550 to 600 yards, he's 123rd in the field, which was quite surprising to me. Uh, And where Justin Thomas doesn't excel is with the putter. Bermuda grass putting 115th. We saw last week with Cam Smith, you want to win, you better putt well. Both no bets for me though. Morikawa, also a no. DJ is a maybe positive, positive signs last week was great to see. I worry that I think this course requires you to be very crafty with your ball striking. And we've seen guys like Bubba and guys who are able to work it both ways off the tee. There's a lot of dog legs left, legs left. There's a lot of dog legs, right? Got to work it both ways. Not exactly DJ strong suit, Um, but yeah, he's a maybe. Xander, also a maybe. I can be talked into this, and the more that I'm going to listen later in the week, because a couple of guys I like to listen to are, are big into Xander Shoffley. They will probably talk me into him, um, but I'm going to see. Look, he's not driving it accurately right now. 83rd in good drives gained, that's not good enough. No course history here whatsoever to speak of. Is there? I don't have a single stat in my mixed condition model where he is inside the top 20. That's crazy for Xander Shoffley. Um, the best one that I have is those par fives where he's 24th, he's 28th in ball striking, but those are still atypical numbers when you look at him more long term. Louis and Fitz, Louis's all over the place, man. I had him top 20 last week. He folded on Sunday. It's just he's plaguing himself with really horrible um errors when in contention, but the ball striking numbers are solid. We know he's a good putter. Um, He plays the par fives generally pretty well. He's just having explosive numbers when you can't afford explosive numbers. Not on him. Matt Fitzpatrick, not my brand. Not going to bet him. He's catching a lot of steam. I know people that like to bet him. If you bet him often, this is probably a good spot for him. Um, I like the couple of guys right below him. Give me one sec. (laughs) Beer fridge located conveniently right behind my set. If you're following on YouTube, this is a due south category three. It's good beer. Good Florida beer. Happy, happy hour. Happy Tuesday. Thank you for joining me. I see all of you here. Uh, i going to get to you soon. I promise you that. I would give away some t-shirts. Uh, let's continue to move our way a little bit down the odds board. Okay. Burns. I wanted to talk about Burns because I bet him last week. And he kind of killed me on Sunday. It was tough for me to stomach that. Um, He had just totally lost it. And I think maybe it got a little bit negative down the stretch with uh, being beside Cam Smith, who has to be a little discouraging when a guy just makes everything, right? Uh, Gets everything up and down. Should have been able to be more so in contention. Obviously, last year's winner here, we've seen a return. Played well at the API. Played well at Sawgrass. Could he go well here again? I think so, but he was loose off the tee and with his irons. He missed a ton of like wedges in that were just bad misses. Um, didn't play those par threes very well whatsoever, was missing in horrible spots. Even the previous round when he was with Hoagie and Varner, they were striping it much better than Sam Burns. Made a couple bomb putts, lagged it pretty well, scrambled pretty well. I'm worried. I'm more so inclined to go to, um, obviously, I bet Shane Lowry. That was my best bet of the week. But Terrell Hatton, he was good last week. And this feels like the place where he would go well. I mentioned the Heritage. um, He's played well there. Uh, TPC Southwind feels like another course that's right up his alley. We haven't seen him a whole lot, but 12th in approach, 13th in ball striking. Um, If we were able to pull some more data from some of those European tour starts, I would have a better idea on the pulse of Terrell Hatton right now. But overall, I think it's very positive. I think that Florida is a great spot for him. He and Lowry have made their home over here. Shane Lowry moved over five years ago, lives in Palm Beach Garden, right there within PGA National, I believe now for the last five years with his family. And Terrell lives in uh, Orlando. So both of them very familiar with the conditions, much getting improving on Bermuda grass. Both of them, the longer that they've been here, if you look at their Bermuda grass splits um, more recently, they are much better. So they're starting to get the hang of it. Uh, Both guys that I really think could could be very much uh, in play this week on this type of layout. Hatton's interesting. He's a big maybe and a very much of a lean. Lowry, I bet. All right, let me move down the board a little bit here. Brooks, okay, got to talk about Brooks. I was so disappointed last week, guys. Luke and I bet him, we loved him. Minus four at one point. I thought when they went to that delay that he had like three feet for birdie, was on the golf course on Saturday, and all of a sudden they resumed, and it turned into a bogey. I don't know what happened. They must have missed a shot there, and then he got to 17. I wish I had knew more. Uh, I saw the interview that he did with the kid. Brooks is awesome, by the way. You guys who hate on Brooks are the worst. Awesome dude. Brought that kid around. FaceTimed Baker Mayfield with him, who was his favorite player. Really cool to see. But he basically said that 17 is his nemesis. He can't figure that hole out. Laughed it off. Did he get a bad draw? Yes. Do I think he was going to win? Probably not. Um, Some concerns that this could be a letdown week for him in terms of focus. I just don't know yet. Maybe there's a 33 out there. What book is this on? There's a 33 to one out there on bet three, six, five. I've talked to people already who have seen him as the odds boost at whatever book they're at this week. I could be Oh, I can always be talked into Brooks Koepka. Okay. We might get there. Just hang tight. Hang tight. Abe answer. Good course history here. Great course for him. Is it a little bit on the longer side? maybe, but I mentioned Southwind. I mentioned Heritage. Those are both up his alley. There's a 34 to one, which is a great number right there on DraftKings. My book doesn't have one quite that good. I hope it gets there. He's a big maybe for me. co him out on. All right. I got a 60 to one on Keegan. Plunged all the way down to 46. Don't love it there. He scared the crap out of me last year when I had Sam Burns here. I think the number was 90 to 1 on Sam Burns. He scared the crap out of me here. He can get hot, and his ball striking is so damn good. I think that he's very much in play, and he was awesome last week. Let me pull up some of his stuff. Strokes gain approach, ninth. Ball striking, second. Strokes gain total at this course, 20th. Um more recent ball striking, particularly at uh, Copperhead, he's 6th, 7th in that range of, of proximity buckets that I'm looking at. And the dude's just actually been competing really well. 11th at the API, 5th at the players, um, putting together really solid finishes so far here in Florida. If I'm going to play that theory with Lowry that just play the Florida boys one more time, don't jump off the bandwagon. I had to play Keegan at 60 to 1. It was out there on my bookie. I don't know if it's still there. Um, but if you can get it north of 50, take it. A couple other ones in here that have plunged. I got two of them. Bubba Woodland. Bubba I got a 60 on. He's 50 to 1 right now, pretty much everywhere. He had probably the round of the tournament last week at Sawgrass when he played in the difficult conditions, when it was basically only him and Justin Thomas who were able to break par. Then things got easy and he struggled. But I mentioned course history here. Number one in strokes gain total at Copperhead. He's also really good at working it both ways. I think this is a course that like gets him fired up mentally, where he can get in his bag and hit his shots and see his lines. Um, this helps carve paths for him, these dog legs. When he wants to hit that big pisser peeler off the tee, he can carve it around the trees. Same thing when he wants to hit the draw. This is the type of place that um, brings the best out of Bubba Watson. He's played well here. He's put, you know, There's Augusta comps. When you look at Casey's history at Augusta, you look at Spieth, who's won here, Charles, and, um, I think this is a great spot for Bubba. I thought that he played great over there in Saudi when Harold sort of stole it from him. Roll him out. He's got a resurgence coming this season. I felt it. I called it in January. Bubba's back. Play him here. Bubba track. Bubba's back. Gary. Okay. So Pine Tree is like five miles down the road. Got a buddy who's a member there. I know the pro there. Justin Thompson, and he is like, it's been word that like Gary's back. Um, It's been circling a while right here. You're starting to see it. Let me pull up the Florida results because I know that he missed the cut last week after being right in contention, but made the run at the Honda on Sunday, fifth at the Honda, made the run at the API on Sunday, fifth at the API. He can work it both way. There's not many people that can do things to a golf ball that Gary Woodland can do to a golf ball. Um, He's pretty awesome to watch hit balls, and this is a place that suits his eye. Also a place he's won. Uh, T to green numbers have been fantastic. He's gaining strokes putting through Florida Arnold Palmer gained six, Honda gained three. If he can get that rolling and marry that up with a little bit of T to green game on a place where he can club down and just just play to his strengths. Long iron play, shot shaping. um, Great spot for Gary Woodland. I got 70 to one. Let me see what the best number right now is on. Where is he at? On odds checker here. 60 to one. Bet it. Woodland week, bet it. Hadwin, I was on him last week in DraftKings. I think this number is going to crater. Not a big fan at this price. But Hoot, same thing. Alex Noren, I, I wanted to be on this week. 71 on DraftKings, not bad. I can't get behind the 50s. I think that Noren is like right on this cusp, guys, of getting into the Masters. There's a cutoff coming very soon, and he's got to get in, which is why he's playing a lot. Just expect a good week for him. Probably a top 20. Don't necessarily see a win incoming just yet for Norton, although he hasn't putted well, and that's normally a strength. So maybe Russell Knox is 70 to 1. Eh, maybe. Great finishes, good form, ball striking, coarse form. Okay. Um, I could get behind it. We'll see as the week goes on. Webb. I have to talk about Webb at 70 to 1. Let me pull him up here really quickly in the mixed condition model. He's fourth. Wow. Uh, tenth in approach. Nineteenth in ball striking. Ninth in strokes game total here. Second in par 5 scoring, 550 to 600. Now, these most of these are going back 36 rounds. That may be a little far for Webb just because we haven't seen him too much, but pretty good number there. Um, there, I like a lot of these guys in the 50 to 70 to range. I could get behind quite a few. Kisner's there. Varner, Tringale, Mackenzie Hughes, Aaron Wise. Okay, let's talk some no's. Aaron Wise, no. Byrne, no. Francesco, no. We're starting to get in 100 to 1, guys. Denny had a good performance here little short on the dirt. I like to get the dirt in the three figures. 90 to one's the best available. Martin Laird, I thought about it, 125 to 1. He's a long shot that I got my eye on. I'm going to put out that uh, Lunch Drive Long Shots video tomorrow. But um, let me see where he ranks because he's been really, really solid lately. Party Marty, number one in good drives gained. The Desert Fox is doing it in Florida. 16th in strokes gained approach. Uh, 19th ball striking here. Just been coming up. He hasn't really been finishing great, but he's going to do well in your stat model. Top 20, ranked 19th overall in mind. One guy I wanted to talk about, and let me see where he is. We're starting to get into uh, the, the long shot range here. Okay. Am I crazy for thinking Doc Redman? There was a point in time last week on Monday. Last week, it was yesterday, Monday. I bet Doc Redmond 250 to one. And there was a point where he got it to like eight under that I thought if he can get to 10, and he had like five to go, if he can get to 10 and shit goes down, who knows? Like if Cam Smith doesn't make 10 birdies, that was in play. Lahiri played great. He was good. His stats aren't great. He's good in this proximity range. Let's see what he did last week that was so, um, you know, made him have so much success. Approach play back to Doc Redman, three point three on approach. Finished twenty six. Okay, so he faltered a little bit down the stretch. I think it was seventeen that got him um, off the tee, plus three point four. About level putter sounds about right. Um, Lost two around the green. That's not good. Okay, so maybe pause, but 190 is a big number. You know, you can overlook some things at 190 to one because you don't got to have much stake in the guy. DraftKings with the big numbers this week, you see here. Last week it was Fandle. This week's it's DraftKings. Sahith is 190. I, I don't love this spot for him. Adam Svensson, there's my boy, 200 to one. We'll bet that. Have not yet. Will be on. Svensson in Florida. I mean, if Paul Casey can win twice here, we're talking about guys that tend to leave uh, five-footers short. Svensson fits the mold. Striking it great. Um, accurate. Ball striking numbers are out of this world. Let's see if he can if he can make a run. Will probably be there on the top ten. Will it? Some interest. JJ spawn has been striping it. Um, Sam Ryder, 201, is another good one who worked out really well in my model. Anyone here in like super duper bomb range? Michael Thompson potentially is 260 to one. That's massive. Hendrik Stenson. This used to be the Hendrik Stenson open. 280 to one. I think he just got named Ryder Cup captain. Good for him. But he's totally lost it. Um Hayden Buckley made a cut last week. Let's look at Hayden Buckley. Let me find him. Let me find him over here in Fantasy National. Where is he at? Let me do a search for him. Buckley. Here. six in good drives gained. 15th in ball striking. That ain't too bad. 350 to one is big. 5.9 off the tee last week. So he was doing it a lot with the driver. Um, made the cut at the Arnold Palmer as well. Made the cut at the players. Putting terribly, minus 5.9 at the players, minus 4.7 at the API. You can't win doing that, but maybe a top 40 on Hayden Buckley. Uh, Guys making cuts. Decent run through the fall, too. Sanderson, Shriners, top 10s there. 12th at the Sony. Um, Yeah, you never know. Top 40, maybe a bet. Um, that's about it. I don't see any of these other guys really making a huge stand here. Scott Piercy, 430 to one. What a meltdown that was for Scott Piercy. That was a tough seat. Austin Cook, 550 to one. I look back, a couple decent performances here. 550 to one. I don't even see him. He's not even in fantasy national. Maybe he went through. Um, that's pretty much it for the board, guys. I'm going to get to some questions now. Let's do a little q and I appreciate your patience, all of you guys that's in there. Thank you for letting me sort of work through this. I'm going to get through all these questions. Here we go. Clint Jones, what up, Clint? Thanks for uh, dropping this question in. I know you did this earlier. I appreciate it. Any concerns that the players weather took a toll on some guys? Yes, there is concern. Is it hard to factor in? Also, yes, Clint. Um, some guys... Like Paul Casey, for instance, that thing took a toll on him. Why else would he withdraw? He's a two-time champion here. Why would he not come back here? Um, the weather, the the being in contention, all that stuff, I think, took a toll on Paul Casey. Yes, it could be on many guys. Um, have some concerns about it. I don't think I'm going to factor it in because a lot of that comes down to the individual player, their mentality, um, a lot of that stuff is really hard to dive in and and factor in when betting. Um, just makes it tough. Ben Tomlinson, what's up, Ben? Web seventy one auto bet. I I don't mind it, Ben. Um, you can get there. Great player, success in Florida, success at Heritage, success on these type of tactical technical golf courses. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to auto-bet him at 70 to 1, totally good with that. Who's your favorite long shot? What up, Dano? And why is it Sam Ryder? It might be Sam Ryder. Um, yeah, I think I like Martin Laird at 125 to 1 right now. I think that's a really sharp number on him. You know the deal, Dano. Lunchtime long shots will be out tomorrow. I know everything is a day late this week. Hang tight. I'll get it out there. Will, Will, I appreciate you stopping by. What is one underrated thing about the Valspar that doesn't get talked about enough? Um, You know, I think a lot of the really good players, I'm trying to put a thoughtful answer on here. But, and a lot of these Florida courses, Will, um, you will see big names miss the cut and not play well here. That doesn't necessarily feel like the case. I don't have the data right in front of me right now, but um, I feel like you have a, a a higher floor on a lot of the bigger name guys this week. Um, if they are really good ball strikers and they're in really good form, they're going to play well here. They can miss a couple shots and not be hitting three from 175 yards like they were at the Honda Classic, like they were at the Arnold Palmer, like they were in the weather and the water last week. Um, I think this is a safer tournament to invest your dollars in, especially with guys at the top. They're coming in with great form. I don't know. I haven't listened to a lot this week, so I don't know what exactly is being talked about a ton. Um, But yeah. I hope that answered your question. Are we going back to our boy Russell Knox? You can. Great course form. Should be a great setup on paper for him. Like, if you could pick a course fit for Russie Knox, this is probably it. Plus, he's coming in in good form. Plus, there's good history. He loves himself some Florida golf. Wind blows a little bit. You like Russell Knox. Uh, Yeah, go to him. Why not? BK, my dude. Lowry is literally winning. 29-1 to is the easiest uh, bet of the week. It is a sure thing. Five-star lock, whale play. You know the deal, Brian. Mike, does course history even matter for Valspar? I think it does. Um, I mentioned I don't factor it in in the other Florida courses. I think it does matter here. You look at Bubba. You Anytime a guy repeats, it's a pretty good sign that course history is in play. Um, I think it does matter. I would factor it in this week uh, uh, more than any other place in stop throughout the Florida swing. Uh, and Dan, again, Svensson is going to hit soon. There's a 100% chance that Svenson. Uh, will win a PGA Tour event. I don't know if that ha- will happen this season, but when he does, I just hope that it's at 150, 160 to one, so we can all get paid off on it, and I can victory lap that bad boy right around Twitter. Thank you, guys. Um, I am going to keep all of your names here. Make sure that you subscribe to uh, the YouTube channel, Preferred Lines YouTube channel. Subscribe to that any of you who just asked me a question, send me a DM at Picks. The DMs are open. I will get your shipping information, and I will try to send at least a couple of you uh, one of these T-shirts. Shipping on me. I appreciate you all. Thank you for dropping your questions in. Um, let me pull up the banner here as we get to final thoughts. Now, I don't think I've ever done a segment with as much feedback as I did with this last week. It's a little bit different. I understand that some of you, uh, some of you don't like it and that's fine. If you're here for golf picks and tournament content, it's a great point to check out. I appreciate you, uh, checking out the show as always. Uh, but a lot of you, I think dug this, I got really positive responses on it, so I'm going to keep doing it. This helps me. I said last week, this This is therapeutic for me. I have, like anyone, um, I'm not perfect mentally, so it helps me to talk about things on this brand new mic. Okay, here's the theme this week. Keeping the pace. Um, I want to dive a little bit into some strategies that have helped me manage expectations, And have better success in stressful situations and pressure situations. This can literally filter into anything Um, sport, your career, your relationships, yourself mentally, keeping the pace. I've got to factor this in with my betting cards now because I've had a couple of bad weeks. Um, Keep the pace, don't change the formula if you're good at something and you try and you put in your effort and the time that it takes to succeed, keep that pace and it will come. Stress and pressure situations oftentimes accelerate your pacing. Uh, When it happens and you accelerate your pacing, so do mistakes, so do bad decisions, so often comes falling back into bad habits of negativity, of malcontent, um, anything that is bad, overeating, drugs, alcohol, abuse, bad factors and habits appear when stress and pressure appear. They kind of go hand in hand. One thing that's helped me really keep the pace and keep things simple is one of the easiest things to do. And I have it right here in this drawer. I'm not going to show it to you because it's personal, but it's right here. Um, Write it down. Write down some goals. Um, It reaffirms your path and helps you keep the focus on long-term. Think six months. Think a year. Think three years from now. This will help you keep your pace. I've struggled with this in doing this podcast. I feel like I've put in so much time and hours and seconds away from my family and wife that are are they're on spring break right now but typically they're in the other room and I'm in here doing this and I want it to pay off. I want to see success. I want people to pay me to do this show because I put in so many hours and work and a tremendous amount of of hard earned effort and I want to be able to turn this passion in this hobby into something that is fulfilling for me, um, both mentally and financially and something I can support myself and my family with. Um, but I have to keep the pace, right? It's not going to happen overnight. You can't jump into the first time someone wants to pay you a hundred bucks to do something. Um, have your plan and writing that stuff down will help you keep that. I was able to gain some reassurance when I saw my friend Rick Gaiman's post. Um five years ago, you go back and look at his post. Five years ago, that's it. Five. In his living room, no microphone, no studio, no headphones, no f- a webcam. Um, and where he's at now, he was just talking to DraftKings five years ago. He kept his pacing, he had his goals, he stuck to the formula. Um, and and now he's in a probably million-dollar studio inside of one of the most ridiculous resorts and hotels in Las Vegas. You walk down the hallways to the Wynn Resort to get to that casino floor, you might see Rick Gaiman in there recording his podcast at the Blue Wire Studios. Like 16 cameras, audio feeds, huge stage, digital backdrop. His golf podcast is pumping through the hallways of the Wynn in five years. It reminds me. It helps me keep focus. It helps me keep the space. He did a Twitter Spaces with the PGA Tour today. Keep the pace. Um, Keep your focus, bigger picture. Make your content a little bit better each week. I try to bring new graphics. I did a new YouTube thumbnail today. I got a new microphone. I'm reinvesting in this thing every single um, ounce to try and make this a little bit better each week and just keep the pace in the right direction. Now, let's talk about last week, Cam Smith. His ability to keep the pace was a thing of beauty. Um, he didn't change his ups and downs and emotions throughout that round. Every putt that he made, stone cold. He had one singular goal, and that was to finish that thing as the winner. And no matter what happened, good or bad, you didn't see it affect him on his face. He kept his pace. When he hit it to two feet, and knocked in that birdie putt on 17, and the place went bananas. You couldn't even tell if you looked at him. He walked off the green, stone cold, kept his pace literally walking, literally breathing, and was able to maintain. Then he goes to 18, right? He's hitting a little chip out. It goes into the water. Um, You saw no negative vibes on his face. He kept his pace walked to the place where he was going to take his drop, got that thing up and down and won. It was a masterful performance. Um, it was a lesson and, and sort of brought this and is why I'm talking about it this week. Don't let the emotion of a stressful and pressure situation impact your pace and it won't impact your performance. Be steady. Um, there are plenty of people in all walks of life who sort of rush towards success. Um, they shortcut the road. Most are going to fail. Some will get through and it's going to be hard for you to watch because you're going to be keeping the pace and they're going to rush to success. And it can, it can, you know, help you. It can force you to lose focus on your particular path. You can't let the pressure or stress, um, have an adverse effect on your pace. Continue your path toward your goals. Uh, don't become distracted by what other people are doing and, and fall back into bad habits that will ultimately slow down your momentum and your path. Maintain as much consistency, improvement, and keep that pace. Thank you. That's all that I have this week. I appreciate you guys popping into the show. Um, it makes my night to see all these comments sort of come in. Um, you guys are are tremendous don't forget to rate and review the show. If you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe to this channel. I'm coming at you every week. I appreciate you for checking out the Preferred Lines podcast. My name is Joe Iidoni. On behalf of myself and my show, keep the pace. Have a great week. I'll see you guys next time. Peace.